let's say cognizant with the amount of money you have and be smart with it. And so um, maybe one day he can own a team with that type of money. So, uh, hey, I think we want to close and say at the end of the day, it was pretty much worth the wait. Although it took a long time, he can make it rain now at any time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, congrats, Dak. Um, back the wins up with it, and you will get paid even more. All right. So, Jamar, top free agents in the market. Uh, we got a number of them. Uh, Patrick Peterson. We got Will Fuller. We've talked about that last week along with Juju Smith-Schuster. Leonard Fournette and a wonderful playoff run he's had. It seems like when the playoffs are around, Leonard Fournette plays his best. Chris Carson from Seattle. Bud Dupree, uh, linebacker from Pittsburgh. Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, nose tackle. Uh, Yannick Ngoy, uh, DN from Baltimore. Uh, Marlon Mack, running back from the Colts. Corey Lindsey, center from the Packers. And Eric Fisher. Uh, we know about him from the Chiefs. And so just curious, if you are the GM of the Chicago Bears, Jamar, um, will you pursue any of these guys that are out on the market right now? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I would, but I would have to address the, the elephant in the room first before, you know, try to, you know, put all the pieces together that's afterwards and, and we know what the mm-hmm. elephant in the room is for the Bears. When, matter of fact, the whole whole country knows about that. Yeah. And so let's just say, for instance, you know, we do go grab somebody of some type of caliber and trade some things away to grab somebody. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure that would come with getting rid of some people on the defensive side along with draft picks if we would go that route. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, above Dupree becomes, you know, uh, oh man, I, I know, I know you thinking him in place of uh, Trevathan. Absolutely. Yes, I'm Absolutely. with you. I'm with you. I mean, like Danny ha- has has had a great career here in Chicago. Like it's definitely nothing to sneeze at by any means, but I feel like he's. Basically, he's definitely on the downward spiral of his career, maybe on his last leg here. Right. But Bud Dupree stepping right in to go alongside uh, Roquan, is he still around? By all means. Absolutely. I'm totally with you. I wouldn't mind Chris Carson being a complimentary running back with David Montgomery. Yep. In fact, I had this discussion with a co-worker the other day about him. I told him he was available. (laughs) I'm all for it. Is that right. giving up Tariq Cohen in place of Chris Carson? Sure. Absolutely. Let's do it. Yep. Um, you know, of course, any lineman, I'm all for it. Uh, Eric Fisher, I know number one overall pick a few years ago. Maybe hasn't, like, lived up to the number one overall pick per se, but he's better than the tackles that we got, so I'm all for it. He's um, been consistent. He has. He, he doesn't have to be a rock star. He just got to do his job. <laughs> exactly. That's it. And, you know, we discussed the wide receiver uh, situation and, you know, shout out to the, I don't want to give him a shout out, but I guess, you know, satisfactory job by the Bears of, you know, not letting Allen Robinson walk. Right. Um, and so, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm in 
favor of a Will Fuller, Juju. Um, if it makes sense to go get a Kenny Galladay, but I'm pretty sure he's out of our price range, but still he's out there. Right. Um, Antonio Brown. I mean, Will, I'll put it to you like this. Once we get an established quarterback, the dominoes will fall. Right. That's that's my take on it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, definitely got to, you know, start with the quarterback first. And once you get that, then everything else will fall into its place. I think regardless of the quarterback, though, um, it's very important to get at least a receiver that can take the top off the defense. And so a Will Fuller or Juju Smith-Schuster, which I think Juju might be out of our price range, but Will Fuller definitely appears to be able to get him for maybe two years, $10 million, a year for $5 million, something like that. We can definitely get him um, at a cheap price. And so um, somebody that can take the top off the defense alongside alignment. Um, Danny Trevathan, he's older, but can we really afford Bud Dupree? That's the question. And so um, mm-hmm. – Possibly we can afford a, a Corey Lindsay, or possibly we can make a, a shot at Eric Fisher, you know, um, and state, hey, you know, you've been to the Super Bowl with Kansas City. Um, you can make a run with us. And, and on top of that, you won't have to go too far from your Kansas City roots being in Kansas City. We're in Illinois. We're not too far. You know, you can make this drive or you can make this commute. And so um, we can sell that to Eric Fisher and get him over here. Uh, that would be phenomenal. That would be absolutely phenomenal because those Bears linemen, looking at those linemen, man, from this past season, they look like they didn't lift no weights at all during the damn offseason. I'm talking about big all at the top, Jamar, and you look at the bottom of their legs and they look like chicken legs. (laughs) And I'm sitting there saying to myself, like, no wonder they can't block no damn body. They can't block nobody because they ain't lifting no weights. And so, like, <laughs> we definitely need some help at the uh, offensive lineman standpoint. And so um, getting uh, Eric Fisher or Corey Lindsey, going after them aggressively alongside a first getting your quarterback um, and possibly getting somebody that can take the top off the defense, that can increase our chances exponentially from going for an eight-win team to possibly a 10-win team, just literally off of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, hopefully we'll see what the Bears do because it is a very low salary cap um, for the entire NFL (laughs) due to COVID. And so we will talk about that shortly. But, um, yeah, that is my take on it, brother. The Bears definitely need to be aggressive. Get that quarterback first and then make those other moves. But you got to be aggressive with your offensive line, with a receiver that can take the top off the defense. Um, and hopefully everything else will fall into its place. All right. Yep. Um, and then we'll hopefully get Terry Cohen back with a healthy, you know, body. And that would be big for us as well, because he can take the top off any defense with his speed. All right. So with the salary cap, Jamar being at an all-time low of $180.5 million a season, you are again Jamar the GM. How do you sell this to marquee free agents, especially if you're in a mediocre franchise like the Chicago Bears and it snows three out of the four seasons every year? How do you sell this to Winfull or Corey Lindsay or Eric Fisher? What do you sell to these people in regards to this low salary cap? Well, 
I am well in order to make this work. Um, you have to go get a quarterback immediately before the new year starts, which is in another, I think, four days or so. Yeah. You go get one of those two guys that we, you know, countlessly been naming for the last couple of weeks here. You get one of Mm -hmm. those two, it makes it easier to sell, especially if you get the guy from Houston to come on board. Right. That's an easy sell for Will Fuller. Yeah. He played with him before. Absolutely. You familiar with your counterpart? You're in a, a just a well, now you're in a bigger market. Houston is no no small market either, but you know, here it's, Chicago's it's, bigger. It's bigger. It's bigger. Defense is a lot better. More prime to win. Winning. Yeah. You get the quarterback, you can sell winning because that's what we need to win as a quarterback. You get the quarterback, you sell winning. You make it easier. That's how you get the Corey Lindsay's or the Eric Fishers as well. You sell winning. Maybe at that point, you know, they'll take a little less money to come here. Because at that point, we're more so established once we have the actual quarterback in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Between it being Watson or, or Wilson, hopefully one of those, hopefully one of those two. Um, without it, it, it does make it difficult. It, I mean, it, it is hard to sell. I mean, besides the market. If if it's not business related at that point for a particular player, then it's like, like why are you coming here with a quarterback? So, so yeah, got to get the quarterback immediately before free agents start flying off the board, and then it makes things a lot easier. I mean, it's coming back to the common denominator, man. We need a quarterback, right? Right, for sure. Um, Yeah, man, that's how you sell it. I would tell them, hey, Chicago has one of the greatest uh, franchises in NFL history, one of the more historic franchises in NFL history. Uh, the football and the love by the fans is none other. Like, it is the creme de la creme. Bears got some of the most loyal and the best fans in sports in general. And so please know that um, you come here, yeah, you're going to, be loved, especially if you're winning, right, Jamar? Chicago loves a winner. And so if you come here, you're winning. Like, it's going to just be tremendous for you. And, and Russell Wilson, if you would have come here, you win a Super Bowl here at Deshaun Watson. Just imagine how your career would be elevated in Chicago if you would have come here and bring a Lombardi trophy to it, this city. It holds more weight. Absolutely. Like, yo, your, 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 your status turns into rock star status immediately. Um, and all type of endorsements and deals would just come, especially being in Chicago. And so these are the things I would sell. We are a team that was eight and eight. We made the playoffs again. Um, look what Tampa Bay did, you know? They, they, they were mediocre like us, eight and eight. Um, you know, well, last year they were seven and nine. Eight and eight, seven and nine, kind of the same thing. And look at them, they're Super Bowl champs now. And so this is something that we should look at as well, that if Tampa Bay did it, then why not us? Why not? And so um, these are some of the things I would tell to them. Alongside, they would love summertime shy. They would love Pertillo's. And most of all, most of all, they would love the Blues Brothers. All right. Although I I don't know how important the Blues Brothers is, but that's something (laughs) we can sell, right? It's It's something you can sell. And so... Um, you know, 
nothing like Chicago Cubs and White Sox game. I mean, these are all things you guys can get if you come to Chicago. All right. Plus, you can get me and Jamar from the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast, and it gets no better than that. Hey, we here. Right? Exactly. 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 All right. So, the Buccaneers extend Tom Brady with $19 million saved on their books. This is really smart. Tom Brady does this all the time, bro. $19 million saved on his books. This is probably why he wins a lot of damn Super Bowls. He always sacrifices for the team. So, just curious, do you like this move for the Bucs? And if so, in what ways? Absolutely. But just want to point this out. As you see, it's all trickles down to a quarterback. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. But, but, but you see my point. But, right. yeah, just, just like you said, he, he makes sacrifices for the team. Like, that, mm-hmm. dude, that was a brilliant move by yes. him and the front office to, to put that together. Like, like you see around the league, these DGMs are, are making – are getting creative here with mm-hmm. how the cap situation is. And so they're bringing the band back together. That's what's happening. Absolutely. They're running it and back. And I love it. They're running it back. They they franchise Chris Godwin. They they trying to make a uh, – trying to get Shaq Barrett back on a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure AB going to come back. I don't know about Luna Fournette or not, but they 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 are they are definitely doing their part to make sure they run this back. I don't know if Sue comes back either, but yeah, they're trying. And it all starts with it all starts with the man up top. Right. It all starts with with the leader of the team. If you see yep. him sacrificing, it's making everybody else, you know, eager to sacrifice. Mike Evans is sacrificing. Like they 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 got addicted to winning. He mm-hmm. came in and changed the whole culture. Like he said, seven to nine, one quarterback, one yep. freaking quarterback changed the whole culture and dynamic of that team. And they over here throwing mm-hmm. Lombardi trophies in the in, in, in water. Like, come on. Right, 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 right. That was crazy. I don't know why he did that, but drunk. Yeah, because imagine if that thing would have fell. <laughs> Ooh, that would have <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> So who's going to go get it? <laughs> exactly. That's the next question. Hope one of y'all can swim in sea in the ocean. <laughs> so Lord knows. Uh, if, that, if, if that thing would have failed, whoa, my goodness. Just imagine how tough it would have been. <laughs> Morning, Dwayne. was good, my brother? Boy, that would have been terrible. And so, yes, Chicago, let's take a picture out of uh, Tom Brady's book. The NFL really should. Um, and Tampa Bay, they are being creative with what they have and making the most of what they have. Okay. Um, they're not just trying to get somebody that appeals to fans, but they're trying to get somebody that wins football games. Okay. Not, yeah. not as difficult. Okay. And so <laughs> I love this move by Tom Brady. This is why this man wins a lot of Super Bowls. This is why he's seven up. Um, and, and going for number eight, running it back again. Um, and I love how he sacrifices for the team. Uh, but more importantly, I love how he shows his leadership outside the football field. Leadership is not just when you got the pads on, Jamar, and you are playing against the Packers. Leadership is in the office with the executives. It's while you're out at the club or you 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 out in a social environment. Leadership is everywhere. But Tom Brady realizes that leadership also involves around the money. 
And I love that he does that and sacrifices for his team. And so Bears, take a book off of this. Um, you, you, do what you can to get Russ. Do what you can to get uh, Deshaun Watson. The, these guys are not happy in their situations. Um, but know that when you get those guys, I think, man, you know, Jamar, and everyone attending on here, Deshaun, Dwayne, that if these guys are to come to Chicago, they will sacrifice for the team. I know that for a fact. Do I know Mitch Trubisky would do that? I don't know about that. Um, he still believes he's the greatest quarterback in the world, according to various sources. And so um, he has the right to believe that, but his, 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 his show on the field has not showed it. And so um, this is just a prime example of us um, taking a book out of um, Tom Brady's page and, and seeing what we can do with that as a team going forward. Uh, to win us some football games and possibly we can end up in a position like Tampa Nexus. Right. All right. So anything uh, dealing with the NFL, Jamar, before we transition to uh, the NCAA? I mean, the only thing left, I'm going to say, like Chicago, it starts and ends with a quarterback. That is all. Yes, absolutely. Yep. All right. And so, Jamar. With the amount of positive uh, COVID tests coming out lately among top basketball programs in the nation, such as Duke ending their season and run for the NCAA tournament, um, Kansas ending their run in the Big 12 tournament, alongside Virginia opting out of the ACC tournament due to a positive COVID test. Is this a concern for the NCAA tournament? And how scary is it that we could possibly end up having more big name programs knocked out of either one of these tournaments as we go forward. I mean, um, I guess first question, is this a concern? I mean, I guess by default, because we, we know what we're getting ourselves into when we started the season. It's, right. it's literally been a year since sports was, you know, shut down. Right. And so it robbed us of March Madness last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. We get it, but, you know, they basically had a whole year and a bunch of examples to go off of to how to make this season a success. And, I mean, for what it's worth, it's been successful overall, considering, you know, what's what's out there, what's at stake, and the amount of games that's been played so far. I mean, just, just look at it. It's, it hasn't been too many traces overall as far as college basketball, you know, the NBA, they've done a great job initially with the bubble and stuff, and it's like this season so far hasn't been too bad. Just without – basically without it being a bubble, they, they've been making it work. NFL, they they finished the whole season, and it wasn't too bad. And, though, and initially, like week five, six, seven, you know, things might have started to get out of control, but, you know, they was able to make adjustments and made it work. Right. Um, College football, I mean, they was able to have a successful season. Some conferences, you know, navigated better better than other, others, but they got it done. And now full circle right back around in the middle of conference play, getting ready for the NCAA tournament. Um, as far as big programs, I mean, Duke was basically done. They they had to win the ACC right. conference, <clears throat> in which I, that wasn't happening. So the they, odds of them getting in was very low. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a wrap for them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think uh, these tracings here in the conference tournaments, 
I think a lot of it is just precautionary just to make sure that these guys are amped and ready. Even the NCAA came out and said, you just need five healthy guys right. to, to be on the court to compete. So, and with them having the NCAA tournament all in the state of Indiana, I feel like they already Indiana, took- Indiana, always hosting something. Hey, I mean, it makes sense though for, for basketball since the biggest gyms in the whole country are in Indiana. So I'm just saying. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yep. Biggest really? basketball gyms are in Indiana. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that would make sense because a lot of guys can hoop in Indiana too. That's, that's, that's very true as well. Like, but yeah, that makes sense, man. I mean, wow. And you guys always are hosting like the Super Bowls or just a lot of just big events. So Indianapolis, man, I love Indianapolis. Cause Indianapolis, it's like, cause the way that it's constructed with the stadiums and the hotels and everything is all like right there. So it, right. it makes a lot of sense for them to host a lot of things. That's why the combines there every year, it just makes, it's a mm-hmm. it's easy to navigate in Indianapolis for that stuff. Right. Um, and then you got really good ice cream in the Circle 2 world, just so y'all know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that ice cream shop right there in the Circle. Oh, man. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I'm, I mean, you basically, these guys basically signed a waiver to play because they know it's at stake. And like I said, it's been a success so far. Just, I feel like once they get to the NCAA tournament with it being in the state, I feel like they already have protocols and, you know, situational plans in place to make this, you know, go as smoothly as possible. So I think we're fine here. Uh, but I will yeah. add this. This would probably be the best chance for a mid-major to actually mm. do this whole thing. I'll Thank you, brother. Thank you. This is exactly where I was heading. This is literally the best chance for a Loyola to get back to the Final Four. This is literally the best chance for a Drake or for a BYU, like teams that you did not usually see. Um, I, I kid you not, Alabama, <laughs> who is ranked sixth in the country. Like these are teams that legitly have a chance. Gonzaga, if this was a chance for you to win the national championship, <laughs> this, this would be your year. Like teams are getting knocked out. And I am, I am interested in seeing Jamar, like, if a, if a Virginia will get knocked out due to another COVID test in the middle of the NCAA tournament, if somebody in the Final Four would get knocked out and then somebody that lost in the Elite Eight got to pack up again and play again, like, could this stuff happen, like, legitly? And yeah. so um, this is something that <laughs> is, is, is very, very, uh, very, very possible. Um, it could be that if somebody's in the Final Four and one of those teams got a COVID test, that automatically that team that, you know, had to forfeit, they get out. But the team that, you know, didn't have any cases, they just go into the national championship, but they go into the next round, et cetera. Like this is what we could literally be looking at within these tournaments. Not to mention, however, it has been phenomenal to watch. I watched that uh, Oklahoma State um, Baylor game last night. Yeah, you was telling me. And and Baylor got hoopers. They got hoopers. I was watching, for instance, and, and, and this kid, by the way, for Oklahoma State, he, he arguably should be the number one pick or at least the top five or top three. Um, he can hoop. Um, and, you know, uh, last name is, um, was it Weatherspoon? But he is one of the top players in the country. 
Uh, so it's phenomenal to watch those guys play. Watching Gonzaga and watching them play against um, watching them play against BYU and how good BYU is, uh, Jamar, and how Matt Herms, that used to play for Purdue, transferred over to BYU mm-hmm. and got them as a scary team. This guy, like defensive player of the year um, in the West Coast Conference, I mean, the block he did on one of these Gonzaga guys, it was just like, are you serious? And so it's going to be lit this tournament for sure. Um, we could literally have um, a U of I that can come out with this thing for real because U of I has some of the best talent. They are loaded from top to bottom. They have guards. They have size. They have power. They have strength. They have coaching. They have speed. They have everything. Um, yeah. Purdue, they got size. They got shooters. So these are teams where the Big Ten is – this is possibly a year for the Big Ten to come out with this thing because it is a gauntlet in the Big Ten. Um, Purdue was down, getting beat real bad by Ohio State yesterday, and all of a sudden I look up, it was an overtime. Like, this is legitly um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the best tournaments alongside the Big Ten – uh, could very well produce a champion, but it is additionally another year where we can find somebody from Butler. We can find a Butler again this year. We can literally find somebody that we did not expect um, that will end up in the final four. And so with that being said, we'll get your brackets ready. Uh, Jamar and myself, we have been posting um, our brackets um, or at least the invitation for folks to come on. So right now we got yep. 12 people that are interested um, and that will um, participate in the early morning sports talk podcast, 2021 NCAA tournament bracket challenge. And so uh, we are very interested in you guys joining on with us. Um, and so if you guys are interested, please hit myself up, Brandon Price or Jamar Goodman um, with an inbox, or you can find the post on one of our pages and post your email that way. Uh, but get us your email. You can participate with us. And then possibly you can join us this Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Uh, where we will do a special um, NCAA tournament bracket analysis of why we picked, as example, Loyola Chicago to win the national championship or et cetera. And so we will break that down for you guys. And so tune in with us. March Madness is the most wonderful time of the year in regards to sports. And so please tune in with us. All right. Yes. All right, Jamal, let's transition now to something that might not uh, be as fun. Um, And, you know, you you always give someone the roses while they smell them, right? Unfortunately, Roy Marble never got the roses when he was here. So, Luke Garza, University of Iowa Center, um, it was announced that he will have his number 55 jersey retired from his university, which is nice. Uh, but, yeah, for me, it's very surprising pending this kid's accomplishments. Um, and so, just curious, uh, Jamar, I don't know if you ever heard of the story of um, Roy Marble. His son played at um, University of Iowa uh, back in 2012 to 2016. Um, but his dad played back in the 80s. Um, he led Iowa to his only 30-win season 
and led them to the Elite Eight once and to back-to-back Sweet 16 appearances. Um, Roy Marble unfortunately passed losing his battle to cancer in 2015. But the biggest point here is that his number 23 is not retired. And so when Roy Marble's son found out that Lou Garza would get his, you know, jersey retired, um, he was a little ticked off and he put his thoughts out there. And so I'm just curious, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to go to this white supremacy thing, but I just know Iowa. I just know certain universities, certain people of power that are often white. Just want to know your thoughts on this, Jamar. What are your thoughts on this? You know, I mean, honestly, I I was not familiar with this whole situation, so I, I definitely mm-hmm. woke up a little early to 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 get mm-hmm. my uh, thoughts and notes and uh, education on this whole situation. So yeah, apparently, from what I read. So, so yeah, Royson, who Devin, pretty sure that's yeah. Devin Marble. Devin, Devin Marble, yeah, thank you. I think he scored 1600 points or a thousand. It was on he, he actually scored quite a bit as well while he was there and right. mm-hmm. actually made it to the NBA for a second with the Orlando Magic. I kind of remember mm-hmm. that last name now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, he went on Twitter and said he's never watching another Iowa game again um the ad uh apologized for his his the coach reached out to him you know just try to smooth out the the whole situation here because he coached them and stuff uh i think also the ad said they trying to they, they basically tried to say that you know Roy didn't like meet the criteria to get his uh jersey retired, and but they wouldn't oh, well, close the, the criteria. Well, he probably was arrested once in his life or something. I who who knows? They they wouldn't probably. go into details about it. Yeah. But like I I I I get it. I get why he's upset because it, it basically from what you're telling me and what I read, like it definitely seemed like his jersey was definitely warranted of being retired. For sure, never Many got view him as the greatest uh, basketball player in Iowa history. But it ain't like it's a lot of talent in Iowa that go through to the NBA. Right. I mean, but his accomplishment speaks for itself. I mean, exactly. like I said, two switch, two back to back, well, back to back Sweet Sixteen appearances, made it to the Elite Eight, thirty win season. Um, yeah. I mean, as long as I can remember, I don't remember the last time, if ever, Iowa went in thirty in thirty wins in my lifetime. Never. <laughs> and so and it's like Luke Garza like I have no ill will against him because it's not even like it's technically it's not even about him per se it's just more so about what came before him and what should have been done right I mean Luke the last couple of years look, looking at his stats I mean he, he's been hooping I don't know if he's actually warranted a jersey retirement that's that's up to Iowa's criteria for that, but this, this, I, I mean, it has nothing to do with him. It's just more so everything else around it. Yeah, it, it definitely has nothing to do with Luke Garza. Um, but I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just hit on Luke Garza for a minute. Big white supremacist country. Look like a white supremacist. Uh, he looks like one, and I hate to say that, but it's true. Like. 
And you put him alongside with often, as we see in today, a lot of Republican, a lot of white supremacist mindset, um, keeping white supremacy at its best. Um, this kid is seven feet. All he does is lay the ball in the basket, Jamar. Um, you know, he's a nice player. Has Iowa ranked number five in the country. You know, last year they had a pretty decent team as well. Um, got put out in the tournament, of course, early. Um, but, you know, somehow, someway, this kid out of the history, um, which Iowa is a football school, not a basketball school, he gets his jersey retired when he hasn't even led this team to a Sweet 16 appearance. Um, nice stats and all those different things. You know, he's had, he had, a, I think, a 30-some point game earlier this season. Um, two 30-point games or something like that. He was averaging like 30 points at the beginning of the season or something like that. It was, it was nice stats. Um, but at the same token, um, when we talk about criteria, um, the criteria should also result in wins. And if we're talking criteria, you got to at least show me that you can beat the Dukes. You got to at least show me that you, you know what I'm saying, Jamar? You got to at least show me that you can beat the Gonzagas or, or even even the Villanovas. They ain't beat nobody. And how in the hell you getting a jersey retired? Uh, I want to know who his dad knows, Jamar. I want to know if his dad knows the athletic director and if they play golf. Like this, this type of stuff happens all the freaking time. Right. And I just want to know who does he know that knows somebody that knows somebody? Because this is complete baloney. Uh, Roy Marble was arrested, Jamar, once for a DUI. Um, and unfortunately, you know, you know how white folks are. Um, they want the black man to look bad. And so when you go to Roy Marble on Google, what pops up? This picture of him being incarcerated, nothing dealing related to his greatness at Iowa, nothing related to his accomplishments or his NBA career. They just want to put that out there specifically. And so criteria, my question is what criteria? This is a prime example of white supremacy. And this is the prime example of what is wrong with our country. All of a sudden, this guy gets nominated for a Jersey retirement his number 55 to be retired. Well, all he did was lay the ball in the basket. Ain't really did much other than that. And so if you ask me, I think it's complete blasphemy. I think it's terrible. Um, will I support University of Iowa here going forward? Hell no. Um, will you get put out early? Likely you will. And I hope somebody blow you out. Um, and so that is my thoughts on this. Um, it pisses me off to the absolute core. And I hate to see supremacy just thrown right in your face. And then people just act as if it's normal. This ain't normal. This ain't cool. This ain't good. And I ain't for it. And so you can miss me with the BS. Um, and Luke Garza, I hope you go ahead and have a great college career because in the NBA, you're going to get dunked on. All right. With that being said, um, let's now talk about top teams in college basketball. Um, and I, and I, I, I hate to talk about this kid, Luke Garza, but, you know, you, you literally going to get him a jersey retirement. But me and you know, Jamar, when it comes to the NBA, I hope he got a good jump shot because if he don't have a good jump shot, he ain't going to last long in the NBA. But yet and still, he getting his jersey retired. Hell out of here. Stop it. All right. 
Um, we were talking yesterday, brother, about um, top five teams, potentially, that we feel going into uh, Selection Sunday, which will be tomorrow, um, that could win the national championship. And so, Jamar, I am curious, brother. Can you give me a list of your top five teams that you feel can come out with the national championship trophy when this is all said and done? All right. So, you know, as we stated already, like this feels like a year of the mid-major. Or you, you, you took you actually hit the nail on the head. What I was going to say about this one earlier, uh, Big Ten, right? In my eyes, is either a Big Ten team or mid major. That's that's how I feel right now. And mm-hmm. so there's no particular order here when I say these teams. I mean Gonzaga has a, a really good chance to get it done finally. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe the University of Houston. And Houston. then interesting. They rank number seven, right? Yep. Yeah. And then I'm gonna say Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State. And if you want me to add another team, I'm gonna say basically I'm my my money is on the Big Ten or mid-major. That's that's it. That's it for me. Um I would say who I have winning it all, but I'm not gonna say that yet. I'll say that for another right. time. But, but yeah, that that right. that's basically my top five. No disrespect to Baylor because they are a good team, but that's just that they they probably be right after any Big Ten team at this point for me. So, right, 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 right. Um, yeah, Baylor is a good one, man. Um, Baylor is definitely playing uh, really good basketball, and one thing about them is that they got a lot of heart, bro. They 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 legitly, you know, get right into you. Uh, But I'm going to start out with Gonzaga, like you said. Uh, Gonzaga definitely um, got hoopers. Um, They can get buckets. Um, They got guys that are quick. Um, Kemba Walker quick, but they got guys that are just hoopers, like a Tim Hardaway that can just simply get a bucket. Um, And so I'm loving that. Um, You know, I'm loving the inside game and the defense that they play. Uh, so I like Gonzaga. Um, I think they are more than just the West Coast Conference. I think they are legitly a national championship team, and they are undefeated. I like Baylor as well. And even though they lost last night, um, and my brother uh, pointed this out to me, he claimed that, and he's very right here, Jamar, that they don't have an inside game and that that will hunt them, right? Mm. And so I was watching them against Kansas State the other day, and they um, – got exposed a lot that the center for Kansas state was dominating them, had 20 some points on them. Um, and so could Baylor come out? I think they could make a deep run because even though the inside post is very important, especially in college basketball, when you have guards and hoopers, this kid Teague for Baylor is a hooper, bro. This kid um, with the drill, it's a couple guys with um, a couple guards for Baylor. Um, that are lightning quick and that can get buckets and are all Americans and national champion or national player of the year candidates. And so Baylor, a one loss team until they lost to Cunningham and, um, you know, Oklahoma State. That's my third team I feel that can come out with the national championship is Oklahoma State because they defend, they get into you. Um, 
Cunningham can take over the game. He reminds me of LeBron. He leads his team so well. And when his team needs a basket, he is the guy to go get that basket. But he got help, too. He got guys that are Kimball Walker quick on that team. They've been playing. We talk about momentum, Jamar. This team has been playing some of the best basketball in the country for the last month and a half. Uh, so Oklahoma State is very, very legitly a serious team that can come out with this thing. I will go with U of I. Uh, U of I, they got everything. They got guard play. They got defense. They got coaching. They got big men. They got strength. They got big men that can take you on the outside and big men that can take you on the inside. Um, they small forwards are talented, freshmen. They're young, and that's the scary part about it. And so U of I is uh, number three in the country. They have been dominating for the last month and a half as well. So we see some teams that could be very well on some collision courses here. And so U of I definitely is one of the teams that I feel can come out with the national championship. My last team I feel, I mean, I had to pick a sleeper is Alabama. Um, Alabama is lightning quick. Um, Alabama uh, defends so well. Um, they have been pretty consistent for about the last two months. Um, they have lost one game in the last two months. It is a lot of good teams heading into this tournament, Jamar, um, and they will be colliding and, and, and bumping forces. And so um, I had to pick a sleeper. So my sleeper would be Alabama, even though they are ranked sixth in the country. It's just you don't see an Alabama as example, usually <laughs> as a top basketball team in the country. Yeah, you, and so for me, they still a sleeper, even though they rank sixth in the country. Hey, you, you don't hear a roll tide after a dunk, though. You, you exactly. <laughs> you do not hear that. You hear that for football. And so Alabama, y'all, are legitly, and we're putting this out here in the early morning sports talk podcast, could end up being a national champion in basketball, not football. Yeah. That's crazy, but shout out to uh, Avery Johnson for turning that program around. Yes, yes. And, you know, they always get the black man to turn it around. And then soon somebody get in trouble, the black man is a scapegoat. It, it happens. See, you see what just happened to Lloyd Pierce. And so it happens quite often. You know, it's happened to Dwayne Casey. So many examples. And so, um, yeah, um, it is what it is. But Alabama is a very, very good basketball team. And watch them come uh, March Madness. All right. Those are my five teams, although there are more that can come out with that thing. And so um, it will be a very, very uh, fun NCAA tournament. I just hope that I don't get trounced on the first day, which it seems like it happens every year. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jamal, let's transition now to the NBA, my brother. All right. Um, so, with me transitioning to the NBA, I think you know where I'm ahead first. Big news out of Brooklyn. This has been your team to win the championship even prior to James Harden. Now, they got James Harden, they got Blake Griffin, and they're possibly not done. So, their starting five world for the Brooklyn Nets Um and Brett Griffin is coming off the bench for now, but he'll eventually be added to the starting lineup. Listen here. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. Um, just curious, brother, what does this mean for the Eastern Conference? 
as well as for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I don't know if you heard about what happened in Philly last night. Yeah, I'm I'm aware of that yeah. one. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I mean, everything that that I've been, I guess you know, my reasons of Brooklyn winning being being a favorite is uh, I feel like it's falling into place from needing time to jail to mm-hmm. you know they're not done making moves yet the buyout market is it's all happening in divine order um yes it is and the I think the biggest hurdle was getting I guess quote unquote the biggest hurdle was getting James Harden and Kyrie Irving to coexist. Because as you know, Kevin Durant, you know, he's unselfish. He can play without the ball. We've seen Harden, you know, lead the league in assists <laughs> before, and he's doing it again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I guess more so Kyrie Irving. And, you know, they they figured it out. I know Kevin Durant hasn't played in about, what, 11 games now, 10 games. But, I mean, if they, if they like, playing ball like this without him, once he comes back, it's a seamless fit. And then, oh. yeah. And then you had Blake Griffin, who is, is just more so for depth, and he just wants to win. And he knows the best chance of him winning is going to Brooklyn. He's not even expected to do much. That's the bad part about it. He's Seven-time not, All-Star, pretty much a Hall of Famer, and expected to do nothing, really. At all. And people's like, well, he's washed up. He hasn't dunked in, in, like, over a year. I'm like, well, he's playing for Detroit. <laughs> he's not motivated. Exactly. That's not motivated. Thing. Who 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 wants to play in Detroit where a team ain't going nowhere? Exactly. You act like a, a six nine man can't dunk when he wants to. Like he can dunk on. whenever he wants to. Like you know, I don't expect him to be a, a defender. He he's he's never been that. But do I expect him to you know run the pick and roll game pretty well? Pick and pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, have some high IQ in the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just be a great teammate. Absolutely. And can spread that floor and can shoot that three too. Yes, he can. And do I expect him to dunk? Yeah, he go dunk. I yep. don't, I don't expect now him that dunk. he has a point guard, yes. Yeah. Lob City 2.0. Yeah, don't be surprised he don't go up and uh throw that thing down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not well, of course it's not gonna be like the Clippers days, but I'm just saying, like that just you know, just added depth and just another puzzle piece. I don't think they're done making moves just yet. I think they got one more, one more in mind. I think a lot of teams got got Andre Drummond on their list. Right. And I, I mean, know, Brooklyn, if they get him, it's like, come on. Even before they even got Blake, if they got him, it would have been like, come on. But it's just like, you know, right. a, two cherries on top at this point if they get him. And it's only health can stop him at that point. So, I mean, as far as uh, the rest of the league, I don't know what to tell you. Lakers without a 100% AD. I don't know what to tell you. Out for two more weeks. Joel Embiid uh, with that injury. The MRI did come back uh, about 15 minutes ago. There's no structural damage. He just, I guess, he'll he'll be back. Just a matter of when. But without mm-hmm. a healthy Joel Embiid in the Sixers, I don't know what to tell you. Um, who, whoever else is in the thick of things. Utah, I, I, I mean, we'll, I mean, I, they, we'll, they got a lot of proven. We'll, we'll see. And they've been on a losing slump lately. Yeah. So, 
I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Lastly, I'll say, like, this team plays defense. They play defense well enough to get it done. So that, that whole right. adage of them, you know, not playing defense, last thing I'm going to say. Out the window now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Jamar, I'm with you. Um, they wear black. So that possibly means that it's curtains for the rest of the league. Um, Blake Griffin signing with the Brooklyn Nets is the icing on top of the cake. And, you know, you don't need anybody else to win a championship. You don't. But if you were to get uh, Andre Drummond, it's just like it's, you know, poor LeBron. I feel so bad for him because he often lose championships when teams just load up. They like LeBron. We ain't finna. We know you taking it easy in the regular season, and we know you're going to hit gear seven uh, when the playoffs hit. So we want to make sure we're ready for that. And AD has always been smart enough to get on a team where he got help, 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 help. And what better help already than Kyrie and James Harden, number one. Um, but then you, you, you still got a great defensive player and um, DeAndre Jordan and that can dunk the ball and that can get rebounds for you. I mean, a rebound machine. But now Blake Griffin with him, it takes so much pressure off Blake because all Blake got to do is just put the ball in the basket. That's all you asking him to do. That's it. He don't even have to defend. Um, all he got to do is run the pick and roll with James Harden, who I think is an MVP candidate now. Um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all he got to do is possibly, they say he didn't dunk the ball in Detroit. Well, he going to have an opportunity for a lot of dunks in Brooklyn <laughs> because – if, if, if you ain't watching Blake, then, oh, yeah, you got to watch uh, Kyrie, uh, who's dropping 40 like every game now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got you to gotta watch uh, James Harden. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, you got to watch KD, too, now. Um, oh, yeah. Not to mention Joe Harris, who gets the most wide-open shots in the league, and knocking him down. <laughs> and Andrew Shamit. And Jordan Green, who I think is arguably a fourth option on that team. So, I, I mean, <laughs> with, with, with all the talent on this team, um, <laughs> and, and, and that's just funny. I just mentioned Green. Green is hooping. Yes. Like, you, you get all these, all these walking buckets. Brooklyn, there is no reason. There is no reason why y'all should not be hosting the Lombardi. Um, I would just say this. Last year, we felt the same way about the Clippers at the this time last year. Buckets, buckets, buckets everywhere. Buckets, buckets, buckets. And they loaded up to make sure that if they ran into LeBron, that he wouldn't have a chance. And so it's, it's very, very similar here to Brooklyn. Um, they are loaded up, bro. And it means trouble for the Los Angeles Lakers. And it means now a cakewalk through the East, a cakewalk. Um, I don't see no team, um, not even the Chicago Bulls, that can hang with the Brooklyn Nets, okay? I don't see Philly, even amongst them being healthy. Philly would give them a run. They'll give them probably a six-game series. But um, that'll be at the absolute peak. And that's the best team in the East. And so Giannis and, you know, Milwaukee, no, no, no. No, Miami with Jimmy Butler, Not maybe enough. they they can give them a little fight. They can give them some blows. They can give them some blows for yeah, sure. But um, but it's not, not enough. enough. It's not enough. Um, Celtics. Yeah, that's not enough either. 
it's not enough. And so with all this being said, like Brooklyn looks like they're the clear cut favorite to not only win the East, but to win the NBA title. And so just curious, Jamar, if you are the Lakers and you are Jeannie Buss and you are Rob Link and those folks, um, and you are Magic Johnson calling in like, hey, 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 you need to do this. Um, what are you trying to do? Or if you are the Sixers to contend with the Nets, what are you trying to do? All right, so, all right, so if I'm the Lakers, I'm doing it with two different approaches because I got two different needs. Right. On the Lakers, you do everything in your power to get Andre Drummond on your team. Right. That would Whatever help. you can. That would yeah. help a lot. A lot of rebounds, and that'll give the Lakers second chances. Yep, and that will save Anthony Davis a little bit of, you know, wear and tear when he comes back. That 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 yes. helped big time. Right. Um, for both teams, if they can figure out a way to pry Bradley Bill from the Wizards, that would make the biggest difference in the world for each for both teams by far. Right. You mm-hmm. add him, mm-hmm. then it's like you. It makes things very interesting for for both teams. The right. Lakers, if you can somehow do it without giving up, you know, significant. You know, well, I know for a fact they're not going to give up LeBron or AD, but if you somehow, some way get him to add to that, then it makes things very interesting. Um, and as far as uh, the Sixers, if you, you know, do it to where you're not, you know, killing your identity as far as what you've been with Doc Rivers here with the defense and the efficiency and the three balls and stuff, you do that while adding Bradley Bill, then things get interesting again. Until then... Right. I mean, it's, it's Brooklyn's world, and we just living in it. Yep. True, true, true. And that that is really, really fun for Brooklyn, man, because, you know, never imagined a championship in Brooklyn, but that would be pretty nice to get a championship up in New York, up in Brooklyn, up in New York City, basically, because Brooklyn is a part of New York City. And just seeing that whole – the mecca of basketball pretty much – have that chance to get that championship trophy. And so that's 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 a wonderful thing to see. If I'm the Lakers, like I say, man, I try to get Andre Drummond the best way I can. Will I get Bradley Bill? I don't know if they'll get him. I, I know. It, I know. Yeah. It, but that's the caliber player that you need right now. Right. In order to right, right, right. Um, Andre Drummond would give the Lakers a chance. He would give them possibly a chance for a five-game series. It's not a sweep. <laughs> um, and, you know, he'll but give them a chance to, you know, it, definitely it, come out the West. Yes, yes. That's that's the main thing. You, you'll definitely – you'll feel a lot more comfortable with them going through the West if they had him along with AD and LeBron. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as far as beating Brooklyn, um, it's too many buckets, too many baskets to eat. Yeah, they, they can put up 160 on people if they want to, 150 easily. So can the Lakers score 150 points, Jamar? Heck no. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it is definitely Brooklyn's world right now. We are just living in it. Um, and just curious, uh, which team do you think, if we were in the playoffs and we were in the East, which team do you think could, like, give them a, a OKC 2011 Lakers uh, type of run, like, or, you know, just that, that young team or just a team that's like, oh, man, you know, 
we, we can't be sleeping on these cats. Like, is there a team, and that can include Philly, just anybody that you think could really pose some type of threat to the Nets and, and possibly pull out a Denver Nuggets type thing? Um, I'm pulling up the standings. I got one team in Oh, I, 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 I got two teams. Okay. All right. One would be the Atlanta Hawks, if they can get their stuff together. Because they have, since they have Nate McMillan, 4 0. Because they have the offensive firepower, not saying to surpass them, but to, to keep up with them for the most part. They have the offense. They, they've been giving them trouble this season, they've been giving the Nets trouble. So I give it to them. And also, <laughs> their their counterpart in that city, the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. I, I give them that Be- between the defense that Tom Thibodeau has like instilled in that team, and then their New York pride of being the Knicks, knowing that they are still the team in New York. Right. I feel like right. that would like that intangible would follow them in that series. That's how I feel. They would fight their behinds off every mm-hmm. single minute in that series. Right. Absolutely. And that's something <clears throat> we are clamoring on the early morning sports talk podcast to see is a Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks uh, playoff uh, series. I would love to crazy. See it would be epic. Absolutely. Imagine it wasn't like COVID and they had like the, the full like fans in the garden and, and exactly. in Barclay. My gosh, man, it will be so lit. Absolutely. I'm hoping we can see that. Um, I'm hoping we can see that. And so, yes, um, you know, the biggest threat I would say to the Nets overall definitely is the Lakers and the Lakers and even a threat. Um, and in regards to uh, the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I like the Knicks. Um, and, you know, as stated, I, I, I like Philly. Um, if they had their health to at least give them a threat, not beat them, just give them a threat. And so um, we'll see how it goes. But um, good days in Brooklyn are definitely ahead. Good days are definitely ahead. And so um, <laughs> good stuff here. All right. Um, let's get to the NBA Hall of Fame, brother. Uh, well, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, excuse me. And so Paul Pierce, Chris Bosch, uh, Lauren Jackson, uh, she was a wonderful hoop in the WNBA, um, played with the Minnesota Lynx and other teams. Ben Wallace, Tim Hardaway, and others have been named as finalists uh, for the 2021 Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. And so just curious, out of the finalists, brother, that has been named, and as an FYI world, there's generally between four and eight players who get inducted each year. Um, let's just say um hypothetically not seven let's just go with four so can you give me four players from this um enshrinement that you think will get inducted this year just four because it'll be seven possibly but you know all right so chris bosh for sure yeah i mean can't say enough about what he's done in his career as far as what he was in Toronto and then becoming a key component to the Heatles at that time frame, which as a Bulls fan, I couldn't stand their guts, but looking back yeah. on it, I, I, I respect greatness. 
regardless right. of my bias opinion at times. I respect it. So the the, the, the tip in to um Rayana gets him in automatically. Oh my gosh. The game six. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> Paul Pierce. Yes, what like, are you waiting on? Paul Pierce. Yeah. Like people see the thing is people nowadays know Paul Pierce from basically being after the prime of his career and him saying dumb stuff as an analyst. That's what they know Paul Pierce for nowadays, the younger generation. Growing up, before before the big three, exactly. Paul Pierce was a killer. Paul he was the Pierce. truth. He, he was the truth. Shaq gave him that nickname. Shaq deemed yeah. him the truth because he made yeah. him a believer. Paul Pierce was averaging at least somewhere between 25, 28 points a game for like a three or four year stretch at one point. Him mm-hmm. and Antoine Walker, like that Boston Celtics team was, was cold-blooded. I, I'll never forget the clip, him talking junk to Al Harrington. Mm-hmm. At the end of the third quarter when Al Harrington was on the Pacers, Paul Pierce told him, like, look, this is about to happen. Did a sidestep three-point in his face to end the quarter. Mm-hmm. Boston Garden went crazy. Paul Pierce is a hoover. Countless, countless, countless game winners. Yes, countless. From the elbow. He hit you with a step back from the elbow. Done. Deadly. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I used to try to imitate his step back growing up because it was so lethal. Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce was amazing. Those Absolutely, two. Man. So, Lauren Jackson, definitely. She gets in. Yep. She definitely. Gets in. Yeah. Definitely. And mm-hmm. so, the fourth one here for me is it's tough because it's between two. One I know deserves it, and then one that should have been in. The two I'm stuck on between Yolanda Griffith, because I remember how cold she was, how she was a monster. I remember. But also, I'm sitting here like, why in the world is Chris Webber not in the Hall of Fame? Right. And it ticks me off. Like, is it are, are we holding the 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 Fab Five thing against him, or are we holding that against him? Because other than that, I don't see how in the world he's not in the Hall of Fame. My my second favorite player of all time is Tracy McGrady, and I feel like Chris Webber had a better resume to get in the Hall of Fame, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Hmm. So I I don't understand. Right. I don't understand. Right. So right. Right. That, so that's 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 my four right there. Well, tied for four hmm. at the bottom. So. Right, but you know, there's other get there's others that should get in as well. Tim Hardaway, um, like you mentioned, um, <laughs> Big Ben Wallace. This is this is somebody I'm gonna point out. Um, but I will start first with yes, Paul Pierce, the truth. Paul Pierce, 30 point stretches, NBA Finals MVP, uh, Olympian champion, one of the greatest scores I've ever seen, one of the greatest defenders I've ever seen. Uh, Paul Pierce been deemed as the truth, changed the whole franchise for Boston after, you know, all the greats left. Yep. Um, Paul Pierce, man, uh, I, it was nobody I really enjoyed watching better than Paul Pierce. Chris Bosch, of course. You, both of these guys are automatically yeses. Yeah. But another yes, like you say, is the Lauren Jackson. Um, yes. Lauren Jackson, Early. just to point out this woman's stash, y'all. Four-time WNBA MVP, four-time uh, Grand, the, the, you know, championship final uh, MVP, five-time 
uh, WNBA All-Star. She played at least about 15, 20, about 15, 20 years overall. Seven-time WNBA All-Star, three-time WNBA MVP, two-time WNBA champion, three-time WNBA scoring champion, defensive player of the year awards, all-NBA first team, all-WNBA first team, Jamar, seven times, all-decade team, top 15 team. I mean, just even went to the Korean Basketball League and won MVP in the championship there. Retired Jersey by the Seattle Storm and is an Australian Basketball Hall of Fame. Yes, Lauren, you are getting in, sister. Yolanda Griffith, that is another one that should get in. Yolanda Griffith and her stats. Now, you're talking about a hoop in here. Yolanda Griffith. Now, I've, all, I've always watched WNBA, and Jamar, watching her, <clears throat> it was like, okay, she would do what <laughs> just a lot of people would do. And we, I got to point Yolanda out, y'all, because I don't know if you know Jamar. Chicago got some of the best basketball talent in the world. And, you know, she went to Carver over there at Argyle Garden. So WNBA champion, WNBA MVP, WNBA finals MVP, eight-time WNBA all-star, even went to Russia, won a championship over there, you know, defensive player of the year awards, all WNBA first, second team. <laughs> I mean, dominating for the Sacramento Monarchs is what I remember for, and then yeah. winning that championship with um, the Connecticut, Connecticut Sun. And so, like um, – Yolanda Griffith, great, but I got to make a case here for Big Ben, too, y'all. Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace up in Detroit. You talking about a defender. I've never, ever seen in my lifetime a better defender for me than Ben Wallace. You talking about somebody that could guard uh, a Steph Curry, but can guard a Shaq and make him look irrelevant, just as he did in the W. Uh, just as he did in the NBA Finals, made Shaq look irrelevant. Uh, yes, he only averaged about six points per game, but his defensive prowess automatically puts him in the Hall of Fame for me. Just winning that championship in 2004 was just amazing. And I remember him, Jamar, for being with the Bulls because the first year he came here, we went to the second round of the uh, NBA playoffs and was that close from uh, going to the conference finals. I would say that year. Had we, because we was down, we was, that was the Wizards that put us out, right? Uh, no, in 2006, was, uh, was, in the uh, second round, we lost to Cleveland, I believe. If it wasn't Cleveland, it was, no, it was Detroit we lost to. We lost to Detroit. He lost to his former team. Okay. Had, had we come back? Remember, the, remember Detroit had went in that conference finals run. It was like six years straight, remember? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Had, had Detroit we had, put us out in the second round. I honestly believed we would have gotten to the finals that year. That was mm. that's my real opinion that year. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, go go ahead. Nah, uh, yeah, you know, just Ben Wallace, his resume on the defensive end was just amazing. Uh, defensive uh, first team for at least like six years straight. Rebounds, blocks. I mean, we know about that. Jersey retired by Detroit, and just watching him literally you know, <laughs> do what they did in 04 and then go in 05 and they should have beat the Spurs in 05 if it wasn't for big shot Robert Horry. Um, 
this team literally could have pulled off two unexpected championships just off of defense. And so those are my thoughts from folks getting in. And um, it was a joy watching all these folks play. Shout out to Tim Hardaway, by the way, another Carver kid from Chicago, from the South side. Um, and yes, um, to close, brother, we uh, had this all-star weekend. We saw, we saw Chef Curry chef it up. Uh, we saw Dame Litter and Steph get hot during the game. Um, and we saw Team LeBron pretty much dominate Team Durant. Um, and so just curious, man, just any little fun thoughts from All-Star Weekend as we close up? Um, you know, it was the first time that LeBron and Curry was on the same team ever yeah. in an organized game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it was definitely a, a treat to see because that was mm-hmm. – they, they looked so happy out there together. Everybody was having fun. For for them, some of them not wanting it to happen, but um, they they went out there and enjoyed themselves. It was it was fun. Like the the pass to to from LeBron to Curry, Curry hitting it from like thirty five feet from part of his logo and stuff. I mean, it was amazing. Curry doing the he was warmed up after that three point contest. It was unfair. He was warmed up, and for it to be you know not competitive as far as the score, it was. For what is worth it was it was cool it was I didn't I didn't mind it some of them was you know in previous years the game wasn't fun but this one I, I didn't mind right didn't it mind. was fun it was fun for sure man um I, I I enjoyed every moment of it man um the dunk contest wasn't what it was um and then yeah. they changed the rules due to COVID and stuff so they couldn't get the attempts that they wanted and stuff um I think it was a lot awkward being doing during the halftime Cash I, I kind of yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and that's the Indiana Pacer. Um, he definitely had a great dunk on his first dunk. I felt like he should have had a higher score and possibly made it to the final. But, yeah. you know, I think hard. his second dunk probably would have been a little different, if, you know. Exactly. Um, right, depending upon his score. Right, on that first dunk. And so um, it was fun, though, watching that three-point contest. Zach yeah, Levine getting in there. Um, that was fun. And watching Steph Curry come back on Mike Conley in the last few shots, that was fun. And so, um, yeah, you know, it was a great all-star weekend. It was good to have. And so I enjoyed it. And so, um, cool, you know. I, I hope LeBron, as he goes for in his career, don't play the whole game. You don't have to at this point. You've earned the seniority, LeBron. And it was great watching the game with Oxford because it was really good to see a lot of the young talent go against, you know, a lot of the shooters yep. and stuff, so it was cool. So, all right. Um, and just curious, Shamar, before we close, any final thoughts or shout-outs as we close and we go into the weekend? Um, yeah, so we got – I know we having a March Madness special next week, but just to reiterate, you know, we got a tournament challenge here. You send us our emails right now. Matter of fact, I have – in the middle of this show – I got two more emails that came about in the middle of the show. Right. So wonderful. You know, you know, join the fun. I know we got robbed last year, March Madness, but you know, trying to get everybody back together again. Uh, give us an email. You'll be participating in this, and also you'll be uh, aware of upcoming events that we may have in the future here. So, so yeah, just join the fun. Uh, like you said earlier in the show, Wednesday, Wednesday night, 
7 p.m. We'll be here to, you know, discuss brackets and basically get you ready for the start of March Madness um, playing game start Monday or Tuesday. But uh, the real yeah, Tuesday, the real tournament gets off underway uh, Thursday morning. So, yeah, so yeah definitely uh, join us in your emails and uh, let's have some fun. Yep. And Jamar second that uh, please join us in your email. Uh, via direct message to myself or Jamar Goodman, or you can leave it in the uh, chat, um, you know, the uh, post that we have on Facebook or even via our stories as well. Uh, we got 14 thus far, and that is uh, great. And so we want to continue to add on to the fun. Um, it is the most wonderful time of the year um, as we do on sports, especially with the NCAA tournament, because you never know what will happen. And so um, join in with us, you know, and uh, other than that, everyone, be safe. Um, have a, a, a blessed weekend. Um, and, you know, be smart out there. The virus is still active. So let's not uh, sleep too much and um, just be safe. And so other than that, we thank you all for tuning in with us on this morning. Uh, thank you for giving us your presence on the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. And peace and blessings to you all. Peace. Peace out.